and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 73. Uh, today we are going back to London. London's a little... Um, so that? I was in my map. <laughs> <laughs> we crack on? Crack on. Screen time today is by far one of the most controversial conversations you can have with another parent. So I find it best to just do what works for your family and not pass judgment or comment on another family's way of doing it because it's seldom the same. However, I was born in 1987 and like most kids in the 80s and 90s, TV was your babysitter when your mom needed a break. So needless to say, I grew up on the classics, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but also Back to the Future, Short Circuit and Star Trek. It was an eclectic mix. But my absolute favourite movie of all time growing up was Mary Poppins. But it wasn't just the firm but lovely nanny who could fly with her umbrella or jump into paintings and sing like an angel. It was the beautiful Georgian, perfectly manicured street they lived on and I was in love with it. I think I was born with an old soul, I've always loved old buildings. So you can imagine my poor mum when she had to sit me down and explain to me that there was no place called Cherry Tree Lane that we could go see the next time we visit family in London. Give me a break, it was 1993, I was six, it's not like I could have googled it. But she did tell me that that road was of course based on some of the more affluent areas in London. You know, the ones that Google Map won't let you snoop on, but every second car is a Jaguar and every other car is a Tesla. Now, I know you're probably wondering, Annette, what's all this got to do with today's episode? Because I know I go on a bit of a tangent sometimes. Well, it made me think of how much London's skyline has changed over the last, say, 70 years. Much like New York, London has grown and grown in corporate magnitude. Quirky office buildings popping up everywhere, I think one of them is even nicknamed the cheese grater. However, should you find yourself taking a trip to Madame Tussauds or visiting the BBC Broadcasting Centre for one reason or another, know that you are exceptionally close to one of what I would call London's old world buildings, the Langham Hotel. Built by Lucas Brothers between 1863 and 1865 at a cost of 300,000 sterling, approximately 30.5 million in 2021, It was then the largest and most modern hotel in the city, featuring 100 water closets, 36 bathrooms and the first hydraulic lifts in England. Standing beside this building, you would be forgiven if you lost yourself in a time travel daydream. The inside of the building may have been modernised, but the outside of the Langham Hotel still looks the same today as it did in the mid-1800s. It could easily be mistaken for a royal residence, and it has had its fair share of high-profile visitors, including Princess Diana, Lady Gaga, Oscar Wilde, and Arthur Conan Doyle. But it's the slightly transparent, semi-permanent residence that I want to talk about, because as happens with old buildings, and in particular old hotels, this one is haunted. Over the last 160 years, it has become known as one of the most haunted hotels in the world, with not one, but at least seven ghosts known to be regulars. The most common ghost sighting is of a silver-haired gentleman in Victoria clothing complete with a cloak and cravat. He was a doctor, said to have taken his own life in his hotel room, but 
not before killing his new bride. Like, new, new, they were said to be on their honeymoon. Now I know what it sounds like, but I swear, it's not a story made up by staff to drum up the chill factor or by an unknown, unnamed guest who stayed at the hotel in the year 19 Dickety Splat. He was first spotted in 1973 by the BBC announcer James Alexander Gordon while he slept in room number 333. Quite suddenly, Gordon awoke in the night to see a fluorescent sphere which eased itself into the manly shape wearing Victorian evening wear. But in a true, friendly, Scottish-like manner, Gordon tried to have a chat with said ghosty. So when he asked the identity of the apparition, it began to float towards him, with its legs cut off some two feet below the ground, arms extended and eyes staring in destitute. Gordon was so scared that he left from his bed and ran. When he returned to the room with one of the night caretakers, they found the ghostly figure leaning over Gordon's bed where he had just been sleeping. He is known to be sighted usually in October, which makes me wonder, is that because this is when the veil between the two worlds is said to be at its thinnest? Or did the murder occur in October and what we're witnessing is an echo, where he's forced to relive, no pun intended, his last moments over and over because some say he committed the honeymoon murder in that very room, room 333. Another ghost is that of a German prince who jumped from the fourth floor window. He's often seen in the early hours of the morning walking through doors. He is rated as one of the most active ghosts in the Langham Hotel, with a particular preference for room 333. The late Ray Moore, another BBC announcer, is one of many to have seen him. He described him as beefy, with cropped hair, wearing a military-style jacket that buttoned up to the neck. Now, the hotel was used during World War II as a post and a first aid station before being too damaged to keep open, so that could explain some of the ghosts that still call the Langham Hotel home, including a man with a gaping wound on his face who tends to stick to the hallways. But not all the ghosties that frequent the Langham Hotel died there. Emperor Napoleon III died in Camden Place, but did live in Langham Hotel for a time. He favours the basement. I know I usually have a remark regarding where the ghosts pop up, but the basement baffles me. He was exiled twice in his life, but Camden Place is hardly roughing it, so I don't know why he's hiding in the basement. Another apparition who calls Langham Hotel home is not for the faint of heart. Most ghosts will be harmless, but this one has a nasty habit of tipping guests out of their beds while they're sleeping. One guest was jerked out of bed while staying in room 333 and got such a bad scare that they left the hotel in the wee hours of the morning. Also seen wandering the hotel corridors is the apparition of an old-fashioned butler who has been seen walking door to door, probably still checking in on guests. And lastly, a footman. Those were the attendants who ran alongside or behind the carriages of aristocrats. He has been seen wearing a pale blue uniform and powdered wig. He was spotted by a BBC staff member and his presence is often accompanied by a sudden drop in temperature. But if none of those tales roll your sceptical marbles, remember, no one in the public eye in their right mind would openly blast about their haunted hotel experience unless they really believed it, right? Well, in 2014, the England cricket team hit the headlines when they gave an account to the Daily Mail of the experience they had. England bowler Stuart Broad said the following. 
It was so hot in the room, I just couldn't sleep. All of a sudden, the taps in the bathroom came on for no reason. I turned the lights on and the taps turned themselves off. Then when I turned the lights off again, the taps came on. It was very weird. It really freaked me out. I ended up asking to move rooms. Billy was pretty spooked too. Billy being Broad's girlfriend. And I know Moeen Ali's other half won't stay there because she's so frightened of ghosts. Ben Stokes has had some problems sleeping as well. He's on the third floor, which is where a lot of the issues are. I'm telling you, something weird is going on. What do you think of that story? That was a good story. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you not? Like, would you have to be paid to go and stay there? I'd well, like it if somebody paid me to stay in any hotel. I know, to be fair, Stephen. And far be it for me to say what people can and can't afford. However, we will not be staying there. One of the rooms. Do you know the, do you know the way you go on to Daft? Back when we used to be looking for houses. And you just, you get, you get sick and tired of looking at houses that you couldn't afford. So that you just went on a rampage and you just decided to put in the minimum balance at like 1.5 million and just see how the other half lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I did that when I went on to booking.com to have a look at this hotel because one of the most expensive rooms they have, I think, for a night is like five and a half grand. But it's a one bed apartment. Now, as one bed apartments go probably pretty plush i'll show you now the hotel itself is absolutely stunning i'd go just to to walk by it i know i mentioned the bbc a couple of times there it's like literally right across the road from it and i i kind of got the impression that the hotel was like that maybe the bbc were owned it or something Mm. but i think they were given a chance to own it back in the day but they declined they just used it for space and storage and stuff like that and they used it primarily like you know the way your job would have hotels that are kind of on on their yeah uh, like on their books for when people go and stay in cork and stuff like that whenever somebody came and visited the bbc they were put up there now to be fair i wouldn't mind being put up there by my job like even if it was only for a night and if it was in the cheapest cheapest room it's absolutely stunning but it's old and and these kind of things always seem to happen really really old hotels plus it's it's been it's been through the blitz like yeah well, you couldn't have a new ghost, a new age ghost. No, you couldn't. There wouldn't be a safe space. No, where would you? Wait, well, maybe that's. I no. So I was going to say the basement because, like, that's I where all the cool kids hang yeah, out. Yeah. But Napoleon was a bit of a player. A bit. I think he was a huge player. I think we're thinking too much about it. <laughs> Room three 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 seems to be the place to be. Any pictures Ring. of the inside? I'm going to go on to booking.com and I'll show you. It's funny though, as as fantastic as the hotel is, it doesn't have much in the lines of a swimming pool like not as fancy fancy as I would love it to be mm. um, but it's stunning it's all marble and it's the pool is very cool don't get me wrong it it's, is it's really, not really cool. a swimming pool it's, a it's not a leisure centre yeah. yeah it's quite fancy but the place is absolutely stunning that's where I was saying it has a real old England kind of yeah. feel to it that to me look like looks like a gentleman's club like I would I wouldn't be half surprised if I walked into the room and got hit with a wall of cigar smoke and mm. men sitting there with newspapers bigger than their heads like but it's it's absolutely stunning but I think it's age is probably where a lot of people would find that that a ghosties would be well, if, was a, if I was a ghost and I could walk around hotels for free I'd probably Pretty pick one a place to stay yeah yeah like clawfoot tubs. Who doesn't love a clawfoot tub? That's yeah, stunning. That is the, absolutely that stunning. That room or that was Ben sofas that got out of the curve kind of remind me of I want to see the Montanotti in Cork. Oh, I haven't been. You've been. I haven't been. Mm, it's quite nice. 
I know I threw a good few out at you there. Did you get any characters? Yeah. So I don't know the names of all these ghosts. I'll tell let's you. go. Doctor Ghost. We don't know his name. So that's why I call him Doctor Ghost. <laughs> okay. Jim Parsons. Doctor Who. No, that's taken. Sorry. You know who Jim Parsons is? The name rings a bell, but not. It's Sheldon. Very yeah. nice. I like it. I like it. And Be- he obviously kills Amy Farrafalo. Oh, I didn't take it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Beefy Ghost. Yes. Johnny Galecki, who plays Leonard. Oh, I see where we're going. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jerk Ghost, the guy who kicks everybody out of their bed. Yeah. Simon Helberg. Howard. Howard. Yes, yes, Howard yes, Wallowitz. yes. Butler. Okay. Weetah. <laughs> <laughs> and the foot soldier, the footman. Yes. Uh, Kevin Sussman, who plays Stuart, comic book guy. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? He actually does look like he would, period clothing would suit him. Do you know what? As soon as I saw Footman, do you know what the first thing that came into my head was? Cinderella and right. the mice. Right. And that's the only reason I knew what a footman was. <coughs> but I didn't realise they had to run along this, alongside the carriages. I'm like, just give, give them a jump. Like, be grand. Well, then they'd be called jantman, not footmen. That's very true. That's very true. What classic movies did you watch growing up? Almost all of them that you called out, actually. Yeah. Um, well, Aladdin one was... Of, one would be my favourite, but yeah. uh, Oliver Twist would have been my favourite <gasps> growing up. I forgot about all. I think I've only ever seen that once. We should I was definitely watch that singing some again. of the songs, making breakfast for the kids this morning. <laughs> Who will no, buy no. my sweet red roses? Is that where that came from? I thought that was just a song you knew. Yeah, it's from Oliver. She's walking up and down the street selling roses. Yes, she. Is. See, half the time I don't know what songs that are from movies or what you know uh, yeah. that scout songs. I haven't watched it in donkey's ears, so I couldn't tell you to be honest. But yeah. What other movies? Oh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory had that kind of. Oliver Twist twist. Uh, well, the Oliver Twist I seen was a little bit darker than um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, I just mean that obviously Charlie was. I think I think I identified a little yeah. bit with Charlie because we didn't really have a lot of money growing yeah. up. So to me, that was just like, Bill, oh yeah, that just looked like my neighbour. <laughs> Bill Sykes wasn't as child friendly as, <laughs> unless you're watching the the new one with Johnny Depp. Well, the newer one. Oh, you're talking about Charlie and Chocolate. I'm talking about a newer children friendly Oliver Twist which is a cartoon one with a lot of dogs I think that's just called Oliver yeah I could be wrong My it's little Oliver brother, without the not twist. the baby brother but the one next to me um, he grew up watching that and it's funny because I always say when, when I'm making TikToks or if I'm making Instagram reels I can't get the kids to sit down and watch TV that's not me flexing that oh my kids don't watch TV my kids watch tons of TV but they will only watch 45 seconds of one part of one movie. And maybe the My Little Pony Next Generation. And the whole intro They will to watch the Big three Bang songs of that. The intro to The Big Bang. So when I say that they don't watch a lot of TV, they watch short songs. There was, and I'm not getting into the discussion of, uh, of TV time. For some people, it's on from eight in the morning till eight in the evening. And that's how your household survives. Fair play. As long as your kids are happy and healthy and fed and well and whatever. But... Don't forget the whatever. <laughs> um, who was it? There's a speech and language therapist that I follow on Instagram and she said, there's no issue with kids listening to Coco Melon or super simple songs, which our boys listen to. She was like, but if you watch it on YouTube, just slow it down. And ever since I did that, the boys are mesmerized. And it means instead of only getting a minute and 30 seconds, <laughs> That's I because get... they think they're stoned. <laughs> if you slow down all the songs on YouTube, it was like... Put 
didn't oh, think cornflakes. Like, oh. <laughs> um, no, but as soon as I did that, I was just kind of like, oh, maybe it's because it's slower now and they can understand it. One of the cartoons I slowed down, they were counting on their hands and I saw the boys doing it. No, they weren't counting with their fingers, but they were looking at their hands going, is that what this thing does? <laughs> um, is that my hand? <laughs> we finish up there. You want to say words? Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I will, of course, include the links in the show notes. And if you have any questions on this or any other episode, our socials are What's the Story Ghost on Instagram and What's the Story Ghost at gmail.com if you have any personal stories you would like to share. And those are all my words. Exit jingle. Exit jingle. The big bad. Bye. Bye. I genuinely told you to go with Oliver Twist. No. That no, went way I, over my head. I struggled trying to remember the lyrics for that <laughs> the easy one that we just watched today. <laughs> Never mind the show I haven't looked at over the years ago.